Welcome and bienvenidos a todos to our football podcast about Mexican women's soccer. I am Eugene Rapinski, and with me as always is my co-host Adriana Terrazas. Adriana, it's so good to talk to you. How are you? I'm doing a lot better, Eugene. Um, yeah, we got a terrible flu down here. It just seems as though that's what's, I don't know, that's what's happening. It's not COVID, but just like everyone's getting getting either allergies or the flu or, yeah, some people are getting COVID again. Uh, so, yeah, just a reminder for people to be safe, take care of yourselves and, and yeah, just, I don't know, take lots of vitamin C. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry to hear that you're going through that. I'm glad to hear that, that you're better, though. Um you know, there is, uh, yeah, whatever, whatever it is that's going around, it seems to be going around everywhere and there's a lot of it. So, um, yeah, like Adriana said, listeners, uh, take care of yourselves and, um, yeah, like we've got a, we got, we haven't talked in a, in a few weeks. I haven't done one of these. It's been pretty hectic, uh, for, for both of us, but I'm glad we were able to carve out the time, uh, tonight to, to talk, uh, talk some Liga Mekis Femenil and, uh, and national team too. There's a there's a there's a lot going on. So, um, and there, there's something as a Pumas fan, I have to ask you: Have you heard the new chant that they want to make like really popular, which is terrible? It sounds like a dog is like trying to bark. No. Oh, you have to look it up, like on Twitter or something. It's kind of like a seu seu. You know, they they try to like put like the, the letters C and U for seu for the stadium, but they Wait. say it in such a way. It's so weird it's I, they tried it yesterday at the game and i was like no i think that's a fail <laughs> I, I saw something on twitter where somebody posted like the the 300 meme oh yeah that's like, the one um uh yep. what is it he's like uh you know what is your profession oh uh, yeah but like tigres does that tigres yeah. you know you know what you know what are your what is your profession? Lau, lau, lau. Like, let's yes. not steal from Tigres. <laughs> let's not do that. It was, I mean, it was, it's trying to be popular. I mean, I know several reporters actually found the guy that was trying to make it like like viral on Twitter or, or X or whatever. Um, and then he's just like like enjoying his five minutes of fame, but People aren't really keen on on the the seu seu. Yeah, no, no, no. Like you have an iconic chant for love it or hate it. You know the Goya Goya Universidad. Like that is iconic. Like that's yeah. Why try and change that? Like I don't know. It's you know I I I live outside of Philadelphia. It'd be like the Eagles fans not chanting e-a-g-l-e-s like why would you want to change that like nobody else does that <laughs> nobody else can do that why would you want to get away from that i don't know that's that seems silly to me yeah it was i don't know it's just one of those things that happens in mexican soccer it's yeah it's one one another episode of people trying to do something i don't know it, it happened with um with when the U17 World Cup was over here, they did it with um, another chant. Whenever the goalkeeper was um, had a free kick or something, or our goalkeeper, because usually it's the other way around. That's the one we're trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. Um, we had something. It was um, El Foie. So they would go, El Foie. And it was just because this video came out of a guy that's really drunk. And he started saying that police, like the police couldn't catch him because of the foie, which is like the universal applied force or something in Spanish. I don't know. It was just one of the things that came like really popular and people knew about it. And 
just one of those videos that was going around. So then, yeah, that's that's Mexican soccer and people just trying to be funny. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I love it. I love, you know, I, I, I give the guy credit for trying something new. Like you never know if you don't try, but yeah, that one doesn't sound too good, especially since it's so close to, uh, to something that, that another team, uh, yeah, team does. does, you know? So yeah. yeah, I don't know as a, as a Pumas fan, I'm going to have to go with a hard no on that one, but <laughs> Anyway, yeah. man, now now I like forgot now I'm all mad about this and I forgot what we were even gonna talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um let's see, we were gonna we were gonna run down the past couple of weeks because it's been a while uh since we've talked and, and just kind of go over um just go over some of the results. Uh, you know, week we'll start off with week four. Uh, you know, Tigres blew out Leon seven to two, Atlas uh beat Mazatlan 3-1. to one. They beat them on the road in Mazatlan. Uh, Puebla put a 4 nothing hurting on uh, Cruz Azul. Monterrey kind of put a 3 nothing win on Querétaro. Chivas and Toluca drew 1-1. One to one. We'll come back to this one for sure, but um, uh, with the rest of the results that week, Tijuana beat uh, San Luis 3-2. to two. Pachuca beat Nacaxa 4-0. Pumas beat Juarez two to one, and Club America beat Santos five to nothing. Um, so during that week, we had a couple of kind of surprising results, and a couple of results I think that we uh, sort of expected that were um, equally as unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, starting off with with Chivas, um, we were mentioning before we started recording that. I mean, I'm I'm glad we have a striker as like like Licha, who's been been so productive. I mean, her numbers are only sometimes not right up there because of some injury, maybe national team call up, something like that. But other than that, she's been really consistent. But also, um, I'm trying to see how many goals she scored, and how many goals someone else has scored for the team. But yeah, we 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 are kind of dependent on 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 Licha. Um, despite the fact that yeah they're they're playing right now midweek games and and Boyi scored as well but usually it's it's only Licha but for this game against Toluca, I mean first of all um, Natalia Gomez Junco's goal was was nothing short of spectacular it was just like halfway through Chivas's um, half um, and it was just a really great shot on the goal and I mean it's one of those goals that you really should look into because it was it was such an amazing shot like really long shot. Um, and then Chivas only got the tie because of a, a penalty kick by Licha. Mm. So, I mean, it's not as if um, I wouldn't expect Toluca to make things difficult because it seems as though they are getting, they are a stronger team in last season. They're starting off pretty well this season. Um, but it was a home game for Chivas. It is kind of weird for them not to have scored during a regular play. And if you, if you start looking at other results that they had um, afterwards, it, it uh, kind of gives you the feeling that they're struggling a bit more than we thought they would, right? I mean, they 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 lost against Juarez um, also a couple of weeks ago. I'm trying to remember if it was also the doble jornada or not, but I don't, I don't think so. Um, but then they also got a tie against Puebla. Um, so it does seem as though they're struggling a bit more than we thought they would, particularly against the teams that they're facing right now. Yeah, I, I was doing like you. I was looking at uh, who who the main goal scorers were. Licha uh, has four. Yeah, like you know they they brought in Viri Salazar. They re-signed um, you know a bunch of players from from last year, and it doesn't seem like everybody's 
kind of meshed, you know, I, I kind of thought when they brought in uh, Salazar that she would help lessen the load both on Licha and Boy to an extent. And it doesn't look like that that's happened. And, you know, I get that, you know, she's been there for a month now. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's still a learning curve. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I would have thought that her presence there would have freed up. But, I, you know, it's how are how are they being positioned? I know that um, also, you know, Chivas is missing Ruby Soto, who was a huge part of their offense uh, last season. Um, you know, so these it makes it kind of making sense why these players who we expected to score a ton of goals kind of aren't like if they're not getting the service that they normally would from a player like, like Ruby Soto, you know, it's not going to, they're not gonna be able to score as much. Um, yeah. I was know. just looking into that. We only have four goal scorers right now, which is obviously Licha, um, Jaramillo, Boyi, and mm-hmm. then, um, had Salazar one. Who has one. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. I mean, it's not too bad. I mean, it's not like this is like a crisis, uh, like as far as like we've we've had like six jornadas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not too bad, but it is um, maybe something to look into just because, again, you've struggled against teams, which we thought you wouldn't struggle as much against. Right. Uh, y- yes and no. Like I get struggling against uh, Toluca and Juarez like they're they're not the same Toluca and Juarez that we're used to from two years ago, right? Where they were both really just bad. Toluca's mm-hmm. <laughs> really come a long way. And you and I have talked at length about how far Juarez has come in, in those um, couple of years. So I look at those results and go, eh, you know, they they ran into some really tough teams. Um, you know, now if this these results had kind of come against, uh, you know, I'm going to pick on Santos and Mazatlan for a second. Yeah, then it would be very concerning, but they ran into yeah. some very good teams, had some issues with it. Uh, you know, like what? What are you gonna do? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of look big picture too. Like, at least as of right now, they're in fourth place uh, on the yeah. table. Um, you know, of course, we are recording this on Thursday evening. There's games going on right now. Like, Chivas has already played. Some of the teams behind them. Uh, on the table haven't yet like America and uh, you know a lot of the other teams haven't really played yet so that could change by the time you you know our listeners hear this but my point is they're still kind of up there they're not having the best games against some of the stronger teams but they're still kind of putting themselves in the position to at least make the league yet yeah right and the other thing I was looking into which is kind of weird particularly for the start of the season is i mean we're already in week six going into week seven and we're only a month into the tournament we've had been rough (laughs) it's been rough yeah i mean i don't know if like usually teams don't have that much of a break for for, during winter so we we, i'm sorry we started the season like the first week we had a double ornata already and this week and last week and maybe the week before they started the weeks on Thursday for some reason. Mm-hmm. So they're like, like the weeks yeah. are starting earlier. I don't know. It just seems like there's a lot going on. Yeah, I mean it's it's I, I don't know if they're looking into I don't know losing some players because of the FIFA schedule or something coming along. But yeah, I was just looking. At it, I was like, wow, why we were like week six already, and it's like mm-hmm. like literally it's the first day of March. I mean of February. February. <laughs> um, yeah, still February. Still February. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, they started off and they had like two Hornas on the weekend and then they had a midweek game and then they had weekend and then again, a midweek game. And now like, like they're literally playing right now. So, um, kind of weird with, with the schedule and also something to consider. I mean, obviously players, yeah, you can have like a midweek game, but usually have them like once a month, maybe not Mm -hmm. like twice in the same month and not like immediately coming back to back. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I think you're right. I think they're front loading a lot of these matches to get them in before they break for the gold cup and um you know teams lose players mm-hmm. uh, and we'll kind of get to the you know the, the 60 60 60 person roster was released <laughs> the other day we'll get we'll get to that um in, in a little while um but yeah you know i get the, the feeling that even though not all 60 are going to be going to camp there are going to be some teams that are missing uh quite a few players and they want to kind of get these games in before everybody has to kind of break and and then you know not be available for uh a couple of weeks so but yeah it's been uh it's it's definitely been a time um so you know, yeah we were looking into like other results i was going to ask you about like america what do you think of america after beating santos 5-0 which by the way that game took place right after um the terrible incident that happened after the men's game where uh, sadly one person was killed because of yeah. a car crash, some really weird incident at Santos. After the Rayados um, game, yeah. Yeah, and then one day afterwards, they played at the stadium, which I think was kind of something they could have avoided. I don't know, it, was, it was kind of like not the best moment to have another game at the stadium, I think. Uh, but America beat Santos 5-0, and then they went off to lose against Leon, which is definitely something I don't think anybody expected. Yeah, I mean, they they probably could have postponed the game. The thing is, though, they they couldn't have played it on another field there because if I remember correctly, the Ooh, the light the training pitches don't have lights, mm, and that game that's... was started that game started at seven o'clock in the in the evening, so um, they would have had to postpone it. Or yeah. or push it up earlier in the day, and I'm sure America was probably like, "Yeah, we're not doing that." Um, yeah, true. That's a good point. Um, but you know, it it was a difficult situation. Um, yeah, as far as America goes, I don't know. Like that's the thing about this America team; they'll go out and you know they'll beat Santos five to nothing, and then they'll turn around and lose to Leon, and that's not that's no shade to Leon, but you know we kind of. You know, coming into this season, I saw no reason why Americo wouldn't be kind of the favorite to make the final again, right? Um, yeah. They <laughs> didn't really lose a lot of players in the offseason. I mean, they lost Gera Amrawi, but that's <laughs> for what for what she contributed. That's not missing a whole lot. Um, you know, so they didn't to me, they didn't look like they really missed a beat. Um, so it's just kind of strange to see them being so, uh, I, I don't know, like they're Jekyll and Hyde. Like sometimes they show up and mm-hmm. you, you watch them and you're like, wow, they're really good. They're, they're the team I remember from, from last season that just kind of, you know, steamrolled everybody. And then you see them put in poor performances against Nakaxa and Leon. And you're like, where did this come from? Who is this? <laughs> I know. So, I don't know. Like it's 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 always hard to to kind of gauge a team like that because you never know who who's going to show up. Yeah, agreed. I w- it was also kind of weird the way the the Leon game came out because I mean they like Gatti Martinez scored like in the like 
30th second or, or something of the game. Um, so immediately you start thinking, oh no, this is America at it again. And, and they're just going to really like go through um, Leon without any trouble. And then, yeah, Leon came back and got those couple of goals. And it was, again, some, something weird. I mean, it, it, we're happy when we start to see these, these results because obviously what we don't want is for it to be predictable, right? But um, but yeah, definitely something surprising um, when it's when it's America losing at home against Leon. So yeah, um, I mean, kudos to Leon. Um, not not every day that we see a team come to, uh, come to, to Mexico City against either whether it's Pumas, Cruz Azul, or, or America, it's usually like a tough visit for some of the teams because of the altitude. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, for, like I keep them coming. I mean, not because I'm a Chivas fan, but also because <laughs> anyone that can beat America showing that they're they're doing particularly well. Yeah, I mean, you know, credit to where credit is due. Leon has had a really good season so far. They, if the season, or I'm sorry, if the Ligia started right now, they'd be in. They're sitting in what seventh place on the table, mm-hmm. um, you know. Uh, they they've put in they've put in the work, and it, yeah. it, they're kind of getting results to go in their favor, and that's cool to see, right? Leon is another one of those teams that we kind of decried for for season after season for just not seeming to care about the project, not investing in it. And, um, you know, they've they haven't made a whole bunch of like splashy kind of signings, uh, mm. but it looks like they've built themselves a pretty solid roster. The core of it's been together for a couple of seasons now. And I think you're starting to see that pay off. And that's that's good to see. You know, um, it's good to see teams kind of pulling themselves up, um, building uh, on what they have and, instead of just shuffling the cards every season and seeing what, mm-hmm. what kind of comes up. And the other thing, um, apparently America will still play, I mean, on the men's side, will still play some games at the Azteca during February. We thought they were actually going to say goodbye to the stadium because of remodeling and everything. It seems as though they're going to stay there. So I'm hoping that means the women's side gets to play there um, a few more games as well. Just take advantage of the time they have left with the stadium um, before they definitely have to say goodbye uh for a while um, i would hope so because yeah at, it's it's at least from just a person who who watches it's rough watching it at coapa yeah it the, is because exactly. they, they yeah. usually play it like early in the day and there's always like like weird like lighting going on mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it's, 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 it's so it's hard tough. to follow yeah yeah so. agreed so hopefully they'll they'll just keep those games with the feminine as well um just as long as the men are there i mean i, I don't see any problems i mean usually they have um, America men and Cruz Azul men playing at the Azteca. Now Cruz Azul is definitely at the Estadio Azul. So seems as though there wouldn't be any reason for them to have both the Femenil and the Varonil uh, teams um, at the Azteca for at least another month. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, hopefully they do that. Uh, hopefully they get some use out of the Azteca before they have to uh, play what I guess at the Azul now, or right, or that, that, that's the other thing. I they haven't said like what they're gonna do. I mean, the men's side hasn't said anything either. I mean, we're all assuming they're gonna go to the Azul, um, because that was what was reported initially. Um, I think it's like the only thing they really actually can do. I don't think they'll go to Pumas. <laughs> I was gonna say I've said it. I've said it on this podcast before. That, if they get they, they wind up playing at a, a Estadio Olimpico, my American Easter friends, you will never hear the end of it from me. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I thought it was like a big no-no. It's it's still kind of like a no-no with Yasul, but since they're they were already sharing a stadium, you can be like, oh, okay, it's, you can share yeah, Yasul. That's... It's like it's not too bad. Um, but yeah, um, but they haven't <laughs> said what they're gonna do with with the femenil. So um, I know I know we've seen Cruz Azul play at La Noria, um, which is that's... still also kind of sad, but yeah. um, not entirely sure what they're gonna do with America. Yeah, the, I watched the uh, the Tigres game at La Noria today, and it. It's so it's just not a good venue to play games in. The pitch looks no. like it's it's not it, it kept in great condition. There's that like weird like embankment on the side facing the television cameras, so y- you don't have a whole lot of room for like throw-ins and stuff like that. It's just yeah, training pitches are not good pitches to have like top-flight games on. I don't know. Yeah, it's just yeah. I mean, I I could understand this time, but this has happened since like like last season. It was really they've rare been for them. well, they've yeah. been using La Noria now for a couple of years, ever since they moved from Hasso, right? Yeah, yeah. I've actually, yeah, they never used Azul. I mean, the, the Azteca, right? I don't That's think true. I don't can't remember them using the Azteca for for a home game. Um, mm. you know, uh, it's people say what you want about when they played in Hasso. At least they had their own stadium. Yeah, it, you know. Yeah, the only thing with with like with them being at Hasso, it seemed as though the club was. It seemed like they wanted to get rid of them. I mean, I know it was like their own home, but it was also just away from everything. I mean, yeah, it was it was, it was difficult for everyone to actually cover the game because there's no other team in Hasso. No one actually goes to Hasso. <laughs> um, for people who don't know where Hasso is, Hasso is in another state. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's like, like if they were going to Pachuca. <laughs> How um, far away is it from from Mexico City? Like give or take. I'm actually gonna Google it because I'm terrible with <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, like Hasso Hidalgo is like, and I usually don't drive my car like on like on the freeway or stuff like that. So it's I'm just like terrible. So it's probably like two and like two and a half hours away. Oh my gosh! So it's not even it's not even like oh it's like forty five minutes away or something. Oh no no no! Like no, oh no, no. my gosh, two and a half hours. Yeah, that's. I mean, maybe maybe like a couple hours. Yeah, maybe I like, like just leaving the city because like leaving Mexico City is what's difficult. Once you're on the freeway, it's a, a little bit better. But yeah, I would I would say it's probably like a couple hours away. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. That'd be like that'd be like a team in New York. Coming down and playing where I live in Delaware, like that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's not not easy to get there, and it's not like, I mean, it's it's kind of like if we were going to Pachuca, but it's a little bit like like exactly north of Mexico City, and then Pachuca is just a little bit to the east. So, but yeah, it's not not easy to get to. Oh definitely. my goodness! Yeah, that's I can I can see why that's not a great solution. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they're yeah, they had their own stadium, but having their own stadium in the middle of nowhere is not a really good thing either so i don't know yeah hopefully hopefully so, they get it figured out yeah, yeah that, would, that would be something interesting to ask like the team if they're eventually um gonna ask for space at the azteca or maybe they could maybe they could play at the azul i mean i i, I don't think they'd mind that that would be that would be pretty cool actually if they could play at the azul whenever um like the men's teams go back to the azteca or something at least it's a stadium that would be optimal or you know, even just building like a smaller stadium solely for the women or doing something like Queretaro does where, mm. you know, it's a municipal stadium that they that they're using, but it's kind of like theirs, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. I don't know, you would think that there would be some sort of solution, um, but, you know, I don't I don't know enough about it to to 
to make that claim. <laughs> and I mean, talking about Cruz Azul, like another, um, I mean, the, the results these past couple of weeks, they lost against Puebla, which is great for Puebla. Um, it does, it did seem as though that was a really terrible game for Cruz Azul. I was kind of like thinking that they might um, change up coaches really quickly because nothing was going their way. I mean, mm. they're still next to last right now. Um, but then, and then they lost against uh, Rayadas, like 5-0. So they, again, two games where you didn't even score a goal. And then uh, today I was looking into that and they, they lost two to one against Tigres, which is not bad at all. I mean, truth be told, um, again, yeah, they played at, the, at La Noria. Their only goal came in from a penalty kick by Megan Kavanaugh. And then Alison Gonzalez got a couple of goals. Um, but then when you start looking at a team that has Jenny Hermoso, that has Catlana, um, that has Stephanie Mayor, and you, you got two goals from Alison. Um, but again, only two goals from Tigres overall. I think that was pretty good. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, it's kind of weird what's going on with Cruz Azul. Yeah, Cruz Azul. I don't know. I think, I think going to Mexico City really messed with Tigres. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know, seeing Allison Gonzalez, the player who had lived in Mexico City for the past how many seasons, being the only goal scorer, kind of tells me a lot about Tigres and how the altitude kind of affected them. Um, Because yeah. you you could kind of see it when when you were watching the game, like it looked like players were kind of just getting gasped, like really easily, yeah. and, and making kind of sloppy passes where it looked like they were tired. You know what I mean? Like you could just yeah. kind of tell. And Cruzesol didn't look great, um, but they they did enough early on where they really kind of put a scare into Tigres. I mean, I thought the penalty call that they got was soft, but it was, it was a penalty and they converted and Tigres was down and that's not something we've seen from them this mm-hmm. season. So, yeah, um, you know, I think Cruz Azul kind of was taking advantage of it. And then Allison Gonzalez, you know, kind of showed us why uh, she is who she is. And, uh, was able to pull that one out for them. Um, you know, I, I don't know. They're another one where I just, I don't know what is, what has gone wrong and what has gone so wrong with them. Like, it's not even like that. They're just kind of bad and, and, you know, losing two to one to, to teams like Tigres, but like they're, they were routinely getting blown out like all season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, so it's just like, what, it, what is going so, so wrong there? Um, that this is this is where they are. Like Cruz Azul was never like great, uh, but they're they're bad this season. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I, I thought they would they wouldn't be struggling and struggling as much. I was kind of exactly um, optimistic with all the changes and the new coach coming in and all the experience he's had at at Lobos, um, and then with Rayadas as well. Um, I thought it was it was looking well for for Cruz Azul up up to that point. I thought it was hey, I mean, it seems as though there there's a project going. Um, I was kind of liking the way they were preparing for the season. And then, uh, I mean, they, they lost against Necaxa the first game, tied to zero with Santos, lost against Mazatlan, mm-hmm. uh, lost against Puebla, lost against Rayadas, and now lo- lost against Tigres, um, albeit only two to one. But yeah, it, it's definitely um, just a little worrisome situation for, for Cruz Azul when you haven't even scored. I think it's only one goal, two goals so far in the season yeah it's um i hope they get it figured out there i i think they've mm-hmm. got some some 
pretty talented players uh, on that roster. And, you know, if they can just kind of make sense of what they have and, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, you know, I, I looked at them coming into the season. It was like, okay, well, you know, they're 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 not going to set the world on fire, but they're also not going to be like bad. And they've just been bad this season. Like, yeah, it's yeah. hopefully hopefully they can get it they can get it sorted out. The only other thing that I wanted to talk about, just very very briefly, um, was the rise. You know, we've seen clubs like Cruz Azul kind of sink. Uh, we're seeing other clubs like Leon and Puebla rise and that's that's a good thing too it's good to see Puebla mid table where they've been you know at the at the very very bottom for for so long so hopefully they can kind of keep that momentum up yeah agreed um Puebla um if i remember correctly has a coach who was previously coaching the U18s mm-hmm. um i believe she's the youngest coach in the league we were looking at yes. the last time we recorded so um, obviously it's not as, as if we're really skeptic and saying, no, no, it's going to go terribly because yeah, sometimes you do need a new coach with new ideas or someone that actually knows the young, like the youth system and knows what, what she can count on. Um, uh, but really great to see Puebla, like you were mentioning, like halfway through the table, they have, uh, let me see, they're ninth place. So just barely into the Guilla position, seven points so far. And yeah, I mean, I hopefully they'll, they'll keep it up. I mean, I'm looking at the results. They they only they only lost one zero against Rayadas as an away game, which is really difficult. I mean, to yeah. be told, uh, they beat Leon. Uh, they lost one zero to to Querétaro, which was a, a home game. Probably they're, they're probably regretting that one, um, just because I mean it is it was Querétaro. It was a home mm-hmm. game, their second home game in a row. Then they beat Cruz Azul 4-0. They tied against Chivas and Cholos uh, 1-1. So not too bad for, for Puebla. I mean, they're starting off um, on the right foot. Hopefully, they'll keep it up. They still have tons of really difficult rivals to face. I mean, they still have America. They have Toluca, uh, Tigres as well. But it seems as though, yeah, there's something there. Yeah, yeah. I'm ex- I'm excited for it, even if it's just that they've been so bad for so long it's time that they got <laughs> some some time in the sun um yeah. and you know it kind of gives those other teams hope a la juarez right like you know they yeah, were another exactly. team that was was really bad for a while and they kind of turned it around and um other teams can have that too you know if they make some smart signings and and do those sorts of things so um yeah. you know just a good good tale all around anything else um about the the league anything uh on your mind uh before we hop into the national team uh no i'll just be on the lookout for the seu seu on, oh. on the women's the pumas women's game just in case it comes up oh no <laughs> oh no okay well we'll, we'll i can't wait to get i, I think common sense will kick else. in yeah yeah <laughs> I, I think i think they'll they'll be like no no it didn't work um, they gave it a shot yesterday with midweek games for the men's side uh, and they'll be like, nope, that, no, it's <laughs> just not yeah. going to happen for the women. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they, they just say, see that it didn't work and, uh, we'll, we'll try something else, but yeah, carry uh, on. <laughs> yeah. Um, we will, uh, we will be right back after this to talk about the national team. So, uh, stick around. And we are back. So we got. Uh, we got the preliminary roster drop for the upcoming CONCACAF Gold Cup. And Adriana, there are 60 names on that roster. So CONCACAF-like. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I was expecting 
of course, with, you know, a preliminary roster, you expect some players who aren't going to make the final cut. You expect the rosters to be a little bit bloated. I was not expecting 60 players. That's a lot of players. Yeah, I mean, I understand why they have the preliminary list, just in case you have someone that's injured, you can bring someone in from the preliminary list and something like that. But 60 just seems as though it's kind of excessive. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm going to read them sure all you... off. I'm going to read them all. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to read them <laughs> all. That would, we, would be here, we would be here for another two hours. Um, oh, yeah. There are a lot of players on here. Um, I, you know, I don't think that... We we were talking about this before the show starts. We when we when we get these rosters, we usually go, okay, who who made it that shouldn't maybe shouldn't have made it, and who didn't make it? That's kind of the snub. But with sixty players, there really was nobody who was snubbed. I feel like everybody who should have been invited got invited. I know it's it's really difficult for them to like if someone's not on there, it's just because I don't know they're they're out due to injury. But just, again, we're st- we're seeing players that are injured that still on there. So <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's really difficult. I mean, we would really literally have to like go like team by team and just check out like every single club and be like, is she on there? Oh yeah, she is. Oh, is she on there? Yeah, she's on there. <laughs> um, it's it's kind of I mean yeah we're, we're seeing like all the regulars we're seeing that on there we're also seeing some younger players I saw um Ali Soto on there for instance mm-hmm. um which is also really interesting because it means as though yeah I mean she's still one of the younger players but yeah slowly making her way into the like all all, all the youth system um I was glad to see, like Pamela Tajonar is on there and we mm-hmm. the national team actually had a call up this week um no last week um, they just got together. It was just practice, nothing definitive. But it was just like, I, I guess they're trying to cut down on that 60 player list and just see who's going to be like the actual, I think they call up 22 or 23. Um, it varies for like tournament to tournament. So it um, we have to look into that. But yeah, they had a, a small call up last week. And yeah, Pamela Tajonar was on there. Um it was I was kind of great to see just all these players that disregarding how experienced or not they can be. They're they're getting their shot with Pedro. Um, we're getting younger players as well, but we're getting some of the regulars. So the thing is, when whenever this definitive list does come up, it does seem as though everyone had a shot to be called up and and just have some one to one time with with the national team with the coach, and then hopefully we'll have a really competitive squad when that comes up. Um, and just have the best players possible, you know, just the ones that are under peak right now during the season, uh, injury free. And yeah, I mean, it was, it's really difficult to think of someone that wasn't called up. If someone does find someone that was not, that's not on the list that should be, please let us know because that was really <laughs> difficult with 60 names on there. Yeah. I, you know, like I said, I feel like everybody who, you know, we kind of would, would think would be on a roster uh, was invited. There was no obvious you know, snubs or anything like that. Uh, a couple of things that we picked out as we were talking about this uh, before we started recording uh, was that they had a couple of players on here who were injured. Um, Christina Birkenrode's on here, and I can't remember how long she was supposed to be out. I thought she would miss the tournament, but maybe maybe not. Um, somebody who is on here who will definitely miss the tournament is Eva Gonzalez, uh, who did her ACL um, a couple of weeks ago. So she's definitely not going to be um, on available. Yeah, yeah, she's not going to be available. 
um, which kind of stinks because she's been having, uh, you know, a good, good couple of seasons, good run uh, down in Juarez. Um, you know, so those were a little bit surprising to see on there just because of their injury status. But yeah, I mean, overall, the roster looks good top to bottom. Something that kind of caught me by surprise when I looked at this was that for the first time in as long as I can remember, there are no players in American college on this roster. Everybody is in Liga Mekis Femenil. Um, mo- most everybody's in Liga Mekis Femenil. There are a couple of players who play in Spain, a couple of players who play in the NWSL. Um, but no, no players in an American college, no NCAA representation here. That one's really weird. That, that was just something that we were really kind of used to. I mean, yeah, most of those players, some of them have come into the league as well. <laughs> or, um, yes. but, but, but despite that, you would think that other players would come up and start taking their place as NCAA, like, like representatives, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, you know, that's kind of weird though. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's certainly, well, I don't want to say that. Maybe maybe we'll look back on this at some point and say this is really when we saw things shift from using the NCAA system as kind of a feeder and the moment where Mexico decided, no, we can kind of do this on our own. Um, you know, we see a lot of players on this roster who have come up through Liga Mekis Femenil, right? Um, yeah. Who never never played in, in an American college. And that's really kind of cool. Now, yes, there are a lot on here who did go. Um, you know, I'm looking at Mary Carmen Reyes, Reina Reyes, um, Annika Rodriguez, Karina Rodriguez, you know, Maria Sanchez. You know, there's a lot who are on here who did play in the U.S. Um, in that college system. But, you know, a couple of years ago, it was it seemed like it was maybe 60 40 professional versus um college and mm-hmm. to see it a hundred percent professional is really kind of maybe the end of an era or maybe this is just a blip on the radar like I don't know uh but it's certainly something I, I thought was uh was noteworthy yeah I mean and maybe like look if if we look into maybe some of the younger squads maybe we'll start catching some of those players there and just they just weren't included because of I don't know their age or um, some of the tournaments, some of the um, the other national teams will have maybe like the U20s. Maybe we'll see some players there, and they just weren't called up not to, I don't know, kind of like disrupt their 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 process and like through the U20s maybe. Yeah. Also, something to remember is that the American colleges are not playing right now. Like their season ended, uh, what in November, and that was with the the play in tournament. Like the regular season, I think ended in October ish. Um, so they they haven't been playing as much lately. And I can imagine that, you know, you don't want to bring somebody into camp who hasn't um, played a live match in, you know, three months. So. Yeah. I was looking um, at the ages really quickly. And I think our oldest players are Kenti, Stephanie and Charlene. Uh, they're all one players. Oh, and Tahonar, that's right. Yeah, I mean, it's different. It's different for goalkeepers, but. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it just yeah, it's one of those things, right? You start looking into what who are like the more experienced players coming into that. Um, oh yeah, Tajonar is definitely the oldest one. Oh, she's older than me. Wow. <laughs> uh, she's but yeah, not other... older than me. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, other than that, um, Kenti, Charlene, and Stephanie are 
like 33 year olds. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it's, it's good yeah. to see them on, on this roster. It, it'll be interesting to see what they can kind of provide. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially Stephanie, I think she's an interesting case because she's been in such good form for club. You yeah. know, there's been times in rosters prior where she wasn't doing all that well for Tigres mm-hmm. and still made the roster. And I mean, that's, you know, it kind of is what it is. You, you players kind of get that leeway a lot of time. Uh, but she has absolutely 100% earned it on merit this time around. No question. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. The only thing that like we, we, we've, we've, we've talked, we talked about um, previously is just how, we want to start seeing some of the other players like, you know, start coming in. I mean, it's not that we want to get rid of Stephanie. Obviously we don't because she's doing excellent. Like you were mentioning, but we do start to have to have to start thinking about bringing in those younger generations because we do particularly well when it comes to the U twenties and the U 17s. It just seems as though sometimes, I don't know if it's the fact that for the women's system, we don't have a U 23 team, unlike the men who have like this Olympic U 23 Mm. um team going on for the women it's just directly you're u20 and you turn 21 and that's it you're in the senior team um, despite facing other players who are now 33 um so i don't know if sometimes we're lacking maybe that step sometimes on, on the women's side um because yeah i mean we do have really great talent coming in from the u20s and the u17s i think i think that plays into it but i also think that we're seeing kind of a renaissance at the youth level for Mexico. I think we're seeing the youth teams, and, and by that I mean like the U17s, the U20s, um, really kind of coming into their own. Um, for a while, they weren't all that great, and now they just seem to be kind of the it team right now. Um, and I think it takes a little bit for that sort of success to translate to the senior roster and it's not always guaranteed right like um you know i think back to the men's uh, mexican squad that won gold in the olympics and then never really did much after that right yeah so um it's 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 always difficult but it, it's certainly it's certainly promising to to see that at that youth level because you can see the potential you can see that there is a path um, for these players to come up and that there is a generation waiting uh, to take uh, to take the reins from some of these players who are on here now. Um, you know, you mentioned some of the older players, but even if you look at some of the, the players who aren't quite as old, you know, some of the players who were born in the, in the mid to late 90s, um, by the time some of these U17 uh, players are coming up and, and getting in minutes, these players are going to be kind of the 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 older players and uh, will need to fight a little bit harder to keep their positions right. So yeah. uh, it's good to it's good to see it's good to have that kind of healthy competition and it's good to see that these sorts of um, th- this project that we've seen the Mexican uh, women's teams kind of undergoing over the past, gosh almost a decade is really starting to pay off right yeah and i I was just looking at the other teams uh rosters it's kind of sad because some of the teams actually didn't even call up all 60 players um just you know to be safe so um 
Dominican Republic, for instance, only called up 41. I mean, only, I mean, we know they, they have more than enough, right? But still, um, I mean, all the other teams did call up 60 and then Guatemala also scored. I mean, they only have like 47. Uh, Guyana, they don't even have numbers on these. So I'm not even sure how many players they called up. Um, yeah, I mean, it, if, if people can take a look at, at the list, you have some really great names coming in for, for Colombia, for Argentina, for Brazil. Um, I'm loving how Brazil always has, you know, how they only have like the first name on the, on the, on the jerseys. Mm -hmm. They don't have like first and last name. We should have that for Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's just like Kenti. We Kenti. Don't need that it's just, it's just Kenti. Yeah. Kiana. That's it. We, we That's good enough. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, I'll make sure that I post the, this roster, uh, in the, the preliminary rosters in the show notes so that our, our listeners can, can take a look at it too. Um, yeah, Brazil is not holding back in this tournament. They are going to be fun to watch. Um, mm -hmm. same thing with Colombia. Um, I think the U S released their preliminary roster. Um, I think that's on here too. Yep. And um, you know, Canada. Oh, they only called up fifty-two. So okay, so not everybody called up sixty. I was looking into that. So okay. Yeah, um, it's it's going to be real sad for us who who root for Mexico to watch me official score um, probably against Mexico. But uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the U.S. is the U.S. is looking like they they're learning from some of their past mistakes and and. Uh, oh, that press conference when yeah that that I, I was thinking about that last week um, after Mia scored. Um, I saw the goal on Twitter, and then I was yeah I was just remembering that press conference where no no she didn't get called up because she wasn't as good as she was now or so, so something terrible to say. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Not yep, not for me. Was. But uh, nope. for for somebody, so, yep. um, but yeah, like we'll post the, we'll post these rosters in the show notes so that our listeners can take a look. Um, it's going to be interesting. I'm you know obviously hoping Mexico wins and does well. Uh, I'm interested to see how they stack up against not only the U.S. but also against teams like Brazil and Colombia, teams that went to the World Cup, and uh, you know. That way we can go. Well, we could have we could have done better. We could have done that, you know. Um, if we yeah. if we if we get good results, um, but I'm also always interested to see how some of the up and coming squads uh, do. You mentioned the Dominican Republic, um, you know, teams like Puerto Rico as well. Like, you know, how are they doing? How are they coming up? Um, you know, so interesting uh, to see to see how all the nations in our our region are are doing. Um, any final thoughts on, on this? I know, it, you know, 60 players is a lot, so. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. If someone does find someone that was just oddly enough missing from a 60 player list. Please <laughs> <let us know. laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, just, yeah, they called up, um, they did have like, like a, a micro ciclo, how they like, like they like to call, they call up mm. five, 10, 15, 20, 26 players last week. Got to look at some of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it's just trying to narrow down that 60-player roster into 20-something, uh, getting a closer look at some some of these players. So that happened last week. And yeah, we, we should have have a list uh, probably like, I'm guessing on like 10 days or so. I'm, I'm guessing they're going to have um, at least a week before the tournament to get everyone together um, and just start like practicing as a team uh, looking into the Gold Cup W. Yeah, I'm not sure when the final rosters are 
do. Um, but it it will be interesting to see who who makes the cut and who doesn't. I like having these kind of bloated rosters. You know, sixty players is just so so much. But I would <laughs> rather I would really rather have that than uh you know a thirty player roster where you just know who the twenty. Oh yeah, the final twenty three are gonna be. Oh yeah. Yeah, and, and not even bother to look at other players. Like I'd rather mm-hmm. bring more in and and take a look at them. Um, at least if for nothing else than to have conversations with them and be honest with them, like, Hey, you're not really at the level where we feel like we can bring you along, but here are some things that you can do to work on where it's going to make our life more difficult to, to keep you out kind of thing and have those conversations because that way players will buy in. Uh, They'll understand that they are in the plans um, maybe not the very near term plans, but um, you know, if they can do some things and meet some benchmarks and, and, and that sort of stuff that they'll at least be on the radar and that somebody's watching them. And that's, uh, you know, that's a big motivation for, for, for players. Um, yeah. You know, so definitely keep that up. The gold cup, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, the W gold cup that starts on February the 20th. The games will be held in uh, Carson, California, San Diego, California, uh, Los Angeles, California, and Houston, Texas. Um, We'll get more into that probably in our next uh, show uh, just because it'll be much closer. Um, We still don't know who the fourth team in the groups are going to be because we're still waiting for the preliminary uh, winners to, to come through. So, um, you know, teams like Guyana and Dominican Republic, well, only one of those are going to make it through. Uh, Same thing for uh, Haiti and Puerto Rico and El Salvador and Guatemala. So the final lineups are TBD, so we'll we'll we should know a little bit more about that uh, at our next recording, um, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun uh, to have a meaningful international soccer um, played. Like I'm excited for that. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm really excited to see um, some of the teams post World Cup uh, start seeing some some new styles. Some to see some of the of the teams also like you were mentioning in the region. We rarely get to see them unless it's for some qualifier, but it's just like like. They're smaller tournaments, so mm-hmm. um, getting to see them throughout a tournament will be entirely different. Obviously, it's the first time we have a Gold Cup W as well, so it'll be interesting to see that. And yeah, I mean, lots of new players coming in, hopefully, um, get to know some of them. I I really appreciated the fact that it seems as though Liga Max, for instance, took advantage of, of the World Cup and started looking into players from other countries. So hopefully that'll happen as well. Just get to know some of the players in the region, Um I don't know. It just brought in a little bit your perspective about, about what's going on, playing styles, players coming in, all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was like, wow, it's been a long time since they since Mexico played a game. It's not really true. They they had the qualify the the final qualification games at the beginning of December. So it's not like it's been too too long. I guess it just feels like it was for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, any, any final, any final thoughts on this? Um, um, no, I mean, just, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll start to see some of the players coming in. Um, hopefully we'll, we won't have any, um, 
I don't know, players being called up, which we don't really agree to, or someone that just didn't seem as though it was the quite like at, at their best moment for the team. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll start looking into that, and hopefully, we'll start seeing um, some other younger teams, uh, y- younger players start make start making their way into the in the senior team. Um, that'll be also great, be great to see, and yeah, we'll, we'll be on the lookout for the final squads. Yeah, I'm excited to see who um, who gets in and uh, who who doesn't. I think that would be the time where we would have a lot more um, as far as snubs, <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> we don't feel like we had any this time around, which is which is always good. Um, so yeah, that's that's exciting. Um, you know, we we talked briefly about the U17 uh, team and how good they've been doing and how they've really. Um, become a pipeline to the the national team and and seems like that they're that's going to be something that keeps feeding the national team for for a good long while well they're actually playing a tournament right now um in mexico they're playing in toluca it is the 2024 Concacaf women's u17 championship uh they beat el salvador today three to nothing um, they currently sit atop Group A uh, with uh, Haiti and Costa Rica. Haiti won their game one to nothing. I'm sorry, two to one. Um, yeah, it's it's good to see that this team is also getting uh, meaningful playing time um, in, in a tournament setting and uh, seeing how how they can do. Yeah, I mean it's always great for them for first of all to actually have um more professional tournaments i was looking into the they're playing at the facilities from the, the fmf mm-hmm. um over at toluca those are great facilities it would be great for them to actually have maybe some activity at some of the stadiums that would be awesome but still i mean just seeing as though um we're seeing a little bit more activity and just more organization regarding the younger uh, divisions um it seems as though that's going in the right the right track you know um Hopefully, this will also benefit from all those players from the U18 on the Liga MX Femenil, and we'll start to just strengthen, you know, that youth system and start to see results um, in other tournaments as well. Yeah, agreed. I think, you know, when you have when you have a project like Mexico has been kind of undertaking for the better part of the past decade, like we like we talked about, you need these sorts of tournaments, and you need them at all levels. So having this tournament is just such a good thing because it gets these younger players kind of into the process. Uh, they know what it's like to leave their club, leave their home, go into a camp um, to, yeah. to go and travel with the team to play against opposition from yeah. around the, the confederation, right. Um, to have these sorts of things that if they continue on that like national team path mm-hmm. will become by the time they, you know, they, they get up to the senior national team, those sorts of things will be just second nature to them. Um, yeah. You know, so these are, these are just wonderful, wonderful things, even if it's just for the experience of, of doing them. Um, it also helps when the team is really good and, and uh seems to be kind of the bully on the block and uh pushes a, a lot of the other teams around um you know we'll see how they kind of do throughout this tournament um Haiti is no slouch um neither is Costa Rica 
and, and that's just in their group. The other group, Group B, has the United States, Canada, Puerto Rico, and Panama. Um, none of those are, you know, real pushovers either. I think Group B is certainly the stronger of those two groups. Um, so we'll see. Uh, you know, I think Mexico has a good um, shot at at leaving their group uh, at, on top, and then we'll see how they can do against you know Canada and the and the U.S. They've had a pretty good track record over the past few uh, cycles against some of these uh, bigger teams. Um, bigger name teams, I guess. Uh, so we'll see if we they can keep that going. Um, but even if they can't, even if they kind of fall short, it's just good to have these sorts of experiences under their belt because in the end, nobody you know, you you can kind of celebrate a, a U seventeen World Championship, but everybody celebrates a World Cup Championship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, hopefully, I, I was thinking about the U twenties. Um. Last time we saw them, I think that one's been a while. Um, yeah, I, I was just thinking about that, but hopefully, yeah, I'm guessing we're gonna, we'll start seeing them as the like uh, throughout the semester, just because um, I do believe that we're, we're also due for another U20. I think we're due for one this year. From yep, from what I can tell, yep, I'm looking it up now. Yeah. We are due for one this this year. It looks like it's going to be held in Colombia. Uh, from the end of August to toward the end of September, um, so that'll be that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, that was what I was thinking. I was thinking we, we skipped a few, and then I was trying to remember if it was an odd or even year when it was due. So, yep. And um, from Con- yeah. Concacaf uh, already has their teams in. Uh, that's uh, Canada, Costa Rica, Mexico, and the United States. So that'll be fun. That there should be some really good competition. Even just from our own uh, confederation there, let alone yeah. having Colombia there, having uh, you know the, the African teams of Cameroon, Ghana, Morocco, and Nigeria, they're already in. Uh, so, uh, and then from UEFA, Austria, France, Germany, the Netherlands, and Spain um, are in. So this is going to be a pretty strong test for Mexico. But again, like I said, you know this is this is something that you go for the experience and it would be great to win. Uh, but I would certainly celebrate a senior team world cup more than I would a U twenties. Um, so while I hope they do well, I hope they learn from this and, um, can cut their teeth on it and, uh, really take that experience with them as they, as they progress. Yeah. I mean, I just, I mean, yeah, I, I think ever, if we start seeing results with the U-17s and they start carrying them out and just like taking the process and making sure everything's done correctly with the U-20s and then just, you know, holding their hand all the way down to the senior team level, that would be best. Um, and yeah, I was just remembering the past that the, the past U-20 World Cup, that's where Spain won. And that's where a Mr. Pedro Lopez uh, guided the Spanish team to victory. Um, and then shortly after he signed with the Mexican national team. So, yeah, there's tons of talent over there. Um, I was actually looking, um, for instance, Salma Parayuelo. We saw her with the U-20s as well. Mm-hmm. We obviously saw her with the senior team uh, in the past World Cup. So also great to start seeing all these, you know, like younger talents coming in and start looking into them and just how they progress, like through all the divisions until eventually we see them with the senior team level. So, yeah, that will be really interesting as well. So did, did you say when the dates were, when, when the tournament is? Yeah, it looks like it starts on August 31st and oh, will wow. run so, through September 22nd. That's not too far away. Yeah. 
And yeah. I kind of hope we don't see Sama Paro Uelos in this tournament. I don't want to have to face her. <laughs> she was, she she made some of the the teams in in the Senior World Cup look silly. I don't I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that. What's going to be weird though is, um, well, no, because the Olympics. I mean, they they can take senior squads with them. So yeah, that's usually not a problem as it is with the men. You know how the men on the on the Olympic mm -hmm. side, um, they have to take the U twenty threes. For the women's senior team level, it's a team. Yeah, it's it's not too bad. Okay, so yeah, that that that'll probably not be a problem. Okay, <laughs> they need to figure out the best kind of course for Olympics. Uh, if mm -hmm. it's senior teams, then they really need to beef up the, the U twenty threes. Yeah, that's that's another discussion for another day. We could, well, I could, <laughs> I could rant about that for probably another hour or so. <laughs> um. Any any final thoughts on any of the national team stuff that we've talked about? We have had a we've had a long conversation about about stuff tonight, but it's been so good. Any final um, thoughts on on anything? Um, no, I mean just yeah, keep a lookout for the final rosters. I think that will be something that we'll definitely touch up on, and yeah, we'll we'll start seeing some some more Liga Max activity. I mean, yeah, they're they're playing today. Um, somehow we're making it to week seven when it's not even like the second day of February, but. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's what's going to happen this this tournament. And yeah, just be on the lookout for anything on the hashtag Liga MX FEM ENG. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, well, you know, thank you uh, as always for, for for this wonderful conversation. Thank you to our listeners for for listening in. Um, you know, let us know your thoughts um, on anything that we've touched on tonight. You know, we we do this because we we love it and and uh, love keeping you up on the goings on and and building that community. Um, you know, so keep up with the content, keep up with the hashtag, like Adriana said, hashtag Liga MX FEMENG, because at the end of the day, it is indeed our football. Thank you all so very much, and we will see you next time. <laughs>